0: everyone, you're listening to Ed Young Radio, Ed Pastors Fellowship Church, and we want to thank you for listening with us. Today we hear a special message where Pastor Ed interviews world-renowned wrestler Sting. Then we get to hear more from Ed as he equips each of us with tools to fight in the ring of life. You can always hear more by visiting edyoung.com. Enjoy the message.
1: Standing 6 feet 2, weighing 250 pounds, 25 wrestling championship titles, he's in the WWE Hall of Fame. Steve! can't believe it. I would rather have this guy than LeBron. Sting is in the house. We're talking the stinger. Sting, thank you so much for being here, my man. My pleasure to be here with a good-looking group of people. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. Sting, I've got to ask you, how did a guy like you get into professional wrestling? Because that's a question I'm sure people wonder all the time. Well, I co-owned a Gold's Gym in Southern California for a few
0: years, and a little Jewish guy came in one day with three big dudes, and they were trying to break into pro wrestling and trying to recruit a fourth guy, and so they put a little sign up on the wall, and it took a few weeks, a month, maybe even two, no bites, and finally the the guy says, "Uh, what about you? Would you consider doing this? And they talked me into going to the sports arena in Los Angeles where Hulk Hogan Big John Studd, Andre the Giant, the British Bulldogs, the Iron Sheik, and all these big names, and to coin the 80s phrase, it was pandemonium.
1: (laughs) And I said, you know what, I think I want to give this a try. Oh, man. And the process of, I know you were in great shape already, bodybuilding, athletic, whatever, but the process of learning how to wrestle, was that kind of difficult?
0: Well, oh, going through the wrestling camp, it was good because a guy named Red Bastine, who's no longer with us, but he he really taught us the ropes without you know stretching us. Um, yeah. <laughs> he taught us the moves, how to do the moves, and he tried to teach us psychology and, and so and then you know the best experience you get though is really on the job and so I started um, in, in you know Thanksgiving Day nineteen eighty five I left California and I went to Nashville Tennessee and we were on the road three hundred plus days a year.
1: That is <laughs> that is the way to learn the trade for sure. Wow that's that's amazing because people have no idea Sting I know of the work that goes behind it, and the development of your character just kind of evolved? Is that how that happened?
0: Yeah, I mean, you you take a little bit from this personality, and a little bit from that guy over there, and a little bit, you know, I was in Japan, and there was a guy named Ricky Choshu who had a finishing hold, and and it was a a leg lock, and so I I copied it, Uh (laughs) and uh, I called it the Scorpion Death Lock, and so that that was a finishing move of mine, but you, you just take a little bit, you know, and you try to create your own brand, your own personality, and when I first started, everybody had personalities, so it was important to have that at the time.
1: Well, Sting, what was it like being at the top of the game? Because you, obviously, one of the most popular wrestlers of all time, you had the money, you had the fame, the acclaim, pleasure, the whole deal. I mean, what is that like? Because, you know. Young people, when you do surveys, their number one thing is, I want to be famous. So, I mean, you were and are famous. What's that like, man?
0: Well, it has its ups and downs. So there's a lot of good, bad, and ugly that's that's tied to it all. Uh, boy, it, it it really checks your character. That's for sure. Uh, you find out what you're really made of. You know, when you fir- first start to make some money, or when you gain uh, notoriety, mm-hmm. uh, which I did. I went after everything in our world calls success and got it. But you know, I didn't have an anchor in my life when I started, so I made a lot of bad choices that led to a lot of severe
1: consequences. Mm-hmm. And so when you said without an anchor, you just kind of, what, what you felt, I mean, the, the, the passion, oh, it, you just kind of pursued those passions.
0: Right, yeah. If, if, if you don't stand for something, you'll fall for anything, and that, that's wow. who I
1: was. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So within that, Sting, tell me, how did you become a follower of Christ? Because I don't know if you guys know this, this guy is a, is a Christian. What led you to that point? Just talk to me a little bit about that situation.
0: Well, you know, again, I, I went after everything our world calls success. I remember uh, actually living here in Arlington, Texas at the time, and I, I was just so close to making it in the wrestling business. And I remember I didn't know God, but I, I believed in him. Yeah. And, and, I, and I said a prayer one night at about 2 o'clock in the morning. I said, God, you know, I'm not a second-generation wrestler. I don't have any uncles. I don't have any ties here. But I feel like I'm so close to making it could you just help me? And I made my deal with God. I said, if, if you help me to make it, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to give back. You know, yeah. I'll visit people in the hospital. I'll do this. I'll yeah. do that. So I made my deal with God. And be careful what you pray for because you just might get it. That's right. And before I knew it, I was having main event matches against Ric Flair. Uh, you know, world title matches, and I was making money, and all of a sudden I had power. So I found myself in in August of 1998, 20 years ago. Last month, I found myself. Um With all kinds of power, I had reached the very top of the wrestling industry, the most popular wrestler in the whole wide world. I made so much money. I had so much recognition and power in the industry, uh, but everything was slipping through my fingers, Hmm. and I could not gain control of it. I was addicted to painkillers and muscle relaxers. I was drinking alcohol. I had lied to my now ex-wife for years about what I was doing on the road as far as adultery and women. So I had lots of skeletons in the closet and I found myself uh, with, you know, no ability to fix it all. Mm -hmm. And so no more lip service with God. You know, I I had given him lip service before. Wave your magic wand and make everything okay. I said this sinner's prayer, now fix everything. And God just, it it, it did not work. And so... You know, my moment of truth, I was asked one more time by my ex-wife, and um, something came over me. It's like the movie uh, with Jim Carrey, Liar, Liar. He could not lie and I could not lie God says wow. a smoldering flax I will not quench and there must have been just a little ember left because he blew it and fanned it into something and I couldn't lie I told her the truth and I confessed everything James 5:16 says confess your sins one to another here's the key so that you may be healed That's right and the fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much and so anyway I said no more lip service I need something supernatural, because there's no amount of money, no drug, no woman, no man, wow. no doctor, no nothing that's gonna be able to get me out of this deep, dark despair, and I'm not waking up from a bad nightmare or something. So God, from this day forward, I will live my life for you. You, you must come and fix me, come and live inside of me. No more lip service, show me how to live, how to be a Christian, mm-hmm. how to be a man, how to get off these drugs, how to stop doing all the stuff I'm yes. doing. And I, I didn't go to a 12-step program. One step, Jesus Christ, and he saved my life,
1: and he fixed wow. me. You know, thing, I know I'm the same way. I'm so glad that God is in the rescue business because none of us deserve it, yet there's that moment. And it, what's so interesting is you're a powerful guy, super strong, yet at your moment of weakness when you say, okay, God, I surrender all, that's when you're the strongest because the Spirit of God comes in your life.
0: Yeah, he, yeah, it was a, the biggest match I ever had. God pinned me to the mat, and I thank wow. God for that. Whoa. I'll
1: tell you what, is this guy
0: amazing? God, Sting. God's, you know, Sting, you might think Sting is amazing. Sting is cool, but Jesus rules. That's right. Let's give another standing
1: ovation for the man, the legend, the WWE Hall of Famer, Sting! I love wrestling. I really, really do. I grew up watching wrestling. I've always been a big fan of wrestling. How many fans do we have here? I'm talking about you're a real wrestling fan. How many fans do we have here at all of our campuses? Okay, okay. Now, here's the deal. When I talk, I want this to be a two-way conversation. You know, ladies, it's like you're talking to your husband, maybe your boyfriend, and you're talking, and he doesn't give you any like eye contact, he doesn't talk back, I want you to talk back to me. You can clap if you want to, you can say, oh yeah. You can say, amen. You can say, preach it, white boy. Whatever you want to say, I want you to do that. So feel free to do that, okay? Because it's lonely up here. You know what I'm saying? I love wrestling. And the thing is, that's cool about wrestling is, wrestling is is like, ubiquitous. It's, it's, it's everywhere. It's been around for a long, long time. And I I've seen different types of wrestling matches. I've seen a TV time limit wrestling match. I've seen a steel cage match. I've seen barbed wire matches. I've seen tag team matches. I've seen the last man standing matches and the venues are so creative. I mean, it's like people wrestle everywhere. Well, today, I'm going to begin a series of talks on a guy who was a true wrestler. His name, Jacob. And Jacob had three wrestling matches that I'm going to touch on right quick today. First one is called The War in the Womb. That's a pretty good good name for a wrestling match, isn't it? The second one is The Battle with Beans. I'll explain it. The third is the brawl over blessings. Jacob, the wrestler. Lisa and I have twins. We call them the twin towers. And when Lisa was pregnant, she broke the girth record, not the weight record, the girth record in her OBGYNs practice. And the twins they're they're awesome young ladies they flipped right before they were born in other words the first one who was supposed to be born first flipped and then the one who was supposed to be born second was born first so it was like there was a war going on in her womb in her stomach and 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 talking about wombs not to be too graphic several days ago lisa and i had our second grandchild And you'll love his name, Thunder, in this corner, from Dallas, Texas, Thunder. Is that great? What a name. When I first heard it, I wasn't that, you know, ah, Thunder, but I love it, Thunder, Thunder. So anyway, anyway, Jacob he's a guy over in the Old Testament. Now, when you think about Jacob, I want you to think about the book of Genesis. The book of Genesis is the first book in the Bible. Basically, the book of Genesis talks about the covenant God made with his people. It also talks about how we've all fumbled the ball, how we've all messed up. And God shows us through the book of Genesis what's going to happen. A lot of foreshadowing when he's going to send Jesus Christ to die on the cross for our sins and rise again. But the big three in the Bible... I mean, you're talking about tag team. You got Abraham. You probably heard of him, the father of our faith. Then you've got Isaac. And then we got the guy we're talking about called the wrestler. His name was Jacob. Jacob. Now, Jacob changed his name. A lot of great wrestlers have these name changes. They kind of morph into different characters, different figures. Jacob's name, you won't believe this, it means liar. I mean, that's kind of odd. Why would God pick someone whose name means liar, manipulator. Why would God pick someone like that? Supplanter. Why would God pick someone like that? Well, why did God pick me? <laughs> why did God pick you? Isn't that interesting? His name was changed, though, to Israel later on. Israel, God's chosen people. Jacob, this guy who was a little shady, became the father of the 12 tribes of Israel. His twin brother, Esau, wasn't, he, well, he didn't really turn out like Jacob. Esau became the father of the Edomites. The Edomites were against God. So, so these twin towers back in the book of Genesis were born and they had an unusual relationship. So when I unpack this story, when I go through this first match, the war in the womb, you're gonna think it means one thing, but it really means something a lot deeper. So let's talk about the birth of these twins. Now, Jacob's parents were going through infertility, which is a very, very difficult thing for anyone to go through. Miraculously, they found out, oh, we're pregnant with twins. Someone asked me a couple of days ago, Ed, what was your reaction when you found out that Lisa was pregnant with twins? Here's what I did. This is on film. Twins? <laughs> that was my reaction. I love twins. I'm just saying that was my initial knee-jerk response. So these twins are interesting, Esau and Jacob, Jacob and Esau. But here's what we're going to do. When I read a verse, if you see something in red, you repeat it really loud, okay? Like, huh? Ah. like when I say something and read this verse and it's red, you, ah, so, so, so we'll know what to do. War in the womb, okay. The babies, the Bible says in Genesis chapter 25, verse 22, the babies, what? Whoa, well, they jostle, read they're wrestling, each other. Within her, and she said, God, why is this happening to me? Look at verse 23. Then the Lord said, Are you ready for this? Two nations are in your womb, and the two peoples from within you will be separated. One people will be stronger than the other, and the older, this is weird, will serve the younger. Now, these twins were not identical, they were paradoxical because back in the day, the older received two-thirds of the Merrill Lynch Trust Fund. The older was the spiritual leader of the family. The older, in this context, knew, okay, I'm the patriarch of the family, and one day, the Messiah will be born from my lineage. So we're talking about some major stuff. Notice, too, Jacob and Esau's dad, Isaac, was a multi-billionaire. The wealth these cats had in the Old Testament was like Zuckerberg wealth, ridiculous wealth, Mark Cuban wealth, and you're going like, what? I mean, so so if you ever think you come from a dysfunctional family (laughs) compared to these cats, you don't come close. You might have a little cup of crazy. We all have a little bit of crazy in our lives. We're talking about gallons and gallons and gallons. Isaac had multiple wives and kids and there was jealousy and envy and fighting and attempted murder, all sorts of mayhem. And we're gonna find out how God shows up in a massive way. So there was a war in the womb. They were wrestling in the womb. Look at verse 24, of Genesis chapter 25. When the time came for her to give birth, there were twin boys in her womb. The first to come out was, say it with me, red. red. Now that's interesting. And this is kind of gross. His whole body was like a hairy garment. I mean, he needed a back wax after about two days. And they named him Esau. And the word in the name Esau means red. Okay, so, so red. That's interesting. Also, oh, check this out. Adam, the first man, Adam means red. Why red? The Bible says that, that God took the red earth informed man adam means red esau means red and we're going to find out that that esau messed up in the battle with beans over red beans this is, this is this is interesting so let's put that in our frontal in our frontal lobe so the first to come out was red his old body was like a hairy garment they named him Esau, and then verse 26. After this, his brother came out, Jacob. Now, the younger was supposed to serve the older, but here God flipped it. The older Esau is going to serve the younger Jacob. So after this, his brother came out, verse 26, with his hand grasping I'm talking about a toe hold. <laughs> Isn't that amazing? Trying to, tried to take him to the mat. I'm talking about the first WrestleMania. Wanted him down for the three count. I love that. So, so Jacob, his hand grasping Esau's heel, so his name was Jacob. Isaac was 60 years old, God bless him, when Rebekah gave birth to them. So if you're following me, I know it's a lot of information, but just stay with me for a second. Notice this, Esau came out first. He came out And he came out failing because he came out in second place. Even though he was first, he's gonna serve Jacob. Jacob came out second, he came out scrapping, and he came out scheming. Yet God chose Jacob. Here's what this represents. On the surface, it represents one thing, but deeper, it represents this. Esau and Jacob represent the flesh, Esau. Jacob represents the spirit. Let me say it again. Esau represents the flesh, Adam, turning from God. Red, big red, turning away and doing his own thing his own way. Esau. Adam, Jacob represents the spirit, the spirit of the living God. So this wrestling match, yes, it happened in the Old Testament, but it's really a picture of what's happening in my life and in your life. Flesh versus spirit. Spirit versus flesh. That's what the Bible does. It's so convicting, is it not? On one hand, you think it's about one thing, and it is, but it's up in your grill and up in mine. Flesh, what does flesh mean? I mean, you you might think like, oh, that's just your body. That must mean the body's bad, the spirit's good. No, that's Gnosticism. That's Greek mythology. That's Plato, that's not biblical. The Bible says when we were created back in the garden in the image of God, perfectly, you know, physically and spiritually, everything was great. We had this nature from God, yet we have a freedom of choice. We chose to rebel against God. Man did, Adam did, Big Red did, and because of the rebellion, sin entered the equation. And now we have a synetic condition. I do, you do, and it's this flesh. So flesh is not just epidermis or fingernails and eyeballs and hair, no, 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 no. Flesh, yeah, but flesh in this context is anything that you do and I do that goes against God's grain. So so to answer this question, what is flesh, what is flesh? Well, you know, I'm glad you're asking that question. I could tell everyone was asking that question. The, 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 The Bible says this, In Galatians chapter 5, turn with me to Galatians chapter 5, or you can follow along with a view of verse 19 through 21. And most of us don't get this because of ignorance and indifference, but let me read it. The acts of the flesh are obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity, debauchery, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions, envy, drunkenness, orgies. Do you see your name on that list? I do. See, even Christians, I'm I'm talking to Christ followers right now. Yes, we have the new nature given to us by Jesus yet that old nature still fights. So, I carry, I'm a carrier in my old nature of all of that stuff that I just read to you from the book of Galatians. And a lot of us are like, "Well, really? We're ignorant. Self-unaware." We don't realize there's a wrestling match going on. Also, some of us are indifferent. They're indifferent. Well, whatever, you know. You know, I'm just kind of, I just kind of do what I feel, you know. Let's go back because think about the flesh versus the spirit, the spirit versus the flesh. They were fighting in the womb. Now we move to another wrestling match: the battle with beans. They grew up. Esau grew up and Jacob grew up. Esau, big red, the father of the Edomites. The Edomites always came against God's people, and I'll show you that over the ensuing weeks. Jacob, Israel, the father of the 12 tribes. Esau was a was a daddy's boy. His father showed favoritism. There's my man. And the Bible says Esau was a bow hunter. He cruised out on the family ranch, tens of thousands of acres, chased down the biggest whitetail you've ever seen in your life. That's what he did. He didn't give a flying flip about God. He was all about what made him look good, what made him feel good, what gave him pleasure. Jacob, though, was a mama's boy. Read here, skinny jeans. Probably had a Pinterest account or something. And that's cool. I like to hang out in coffee shops. That's fine. Watch the cooking channel and stuff like that. That's good. that's good. That's good. That's good. God chose him. I'm like, God, why would you choose Jacob? You know what? I don't know. God doesn't DM you or me or send us some text or a mass email. Here's why. It's just the sovereignty of God. What does the sovereignty of God mean? Sovereign, God reigns. He's in control. He wants to reign in your life. I don't understand all of God's ways. There's a mystery to it, but we're gonna talk more and more about this deep principle called the sovereignty of God. But, but God just, boom, he chose, he chose Jacob. Jacob and Esau wrestled. They wrestled in the womb and they wrestled over a bunch of red beans. I remember I was into wrestling so much as a little kid. I was in the fifth grade when I started watching wrestling. My brother was in the third grade and I would sneak into Ben's room, he'd be in bed and I would come off the top rope. Boom! And I did it so often I hurt him. And then mom, you know, didn't really um, applaud that behavior so I got in to trouble and then my youngest brother was born cliff I and mean, i remember cliff being three years old and ben was like you know eight years old or been doing wrestling moves on him so i understand wrestling you know brothers wrestling it's just kind of what what guys do you know what i'm saying to you well that's what happened here on a hnd a whole nother dimension are you feeling me Let's see. Let's see what happened. So look at verse 27. The boys grew up. Esau became a skillful hunter, a man of the open country, while Jacob was content to stay at home among the tents. Okay? Wow. The battle of the beans. Here's the story. Esau had been out hunting. He'd bageled, gotten skunked, hadn't seen a white tail at all. Came into the kitchen, and Jacob was like saying, Hey! Are you smelling what I'm cooking? If you got that, raise your hand. Oh, you're a wrestling fan. If you didn't, just try to Google it. That's the rock. I just quoted the rock. Okay. Yeah, yeah anyway. That's all I've got. That's all I've got. So Esau, this guy who again was serving Jacob. He was born first, but he ended up in second place. He despised the things of God. He comes in to the kitchen, and he's smelling red beans. Mm, mm, wow. Every time Lisa and I have beans, I have a song that I sing Beans, 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 beans. Sing it with me, everybody. Beans, beans, beans. Come on! Oh, we're not singing. I think some people are not playing along. Come on now. Beans, 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 beans. So Esau walks in, sees the beans, and he's like, you talk talking about exaggeration? Oh, I'm gonna die, you can read it. I'm gonna die if I don't have some of your beans, beans, beans. So Jacob, and this guy's sly. You're talking about a manipulator. Again, see, remember, Esau was born first He had the blessing, the birthright, the Merrill Lynch Trust Funds. And if Jacob would have just gone, hey, my brother, I'm going to let God do what he wants to do. If he'd have just let the game come to him, it would have worked out better. But Jacob was like, no, I'm going to do what I'm going to do. I'm going to rig this match. I am going to manipulate you and I'm going to get the birthright from you, Esau. Hey, Esau, I'll give you some beans. If you'll give me your birthright. Now, now, now think about this. Esau is going to trade a blessing, leadership, billions for a bowl of red beans. (laughs) It's insane. I mean, he's going to eat the beans and all he's going to leave with is a bunch of gas. (laughs) And he's going to do that. I mean, really, is he going to do? You mean, Esau, you're going to sacrifice the eternal on the altar of the temporal? Are you serious? What? But you know, we're only as strong as our weakest moment. See, God does not test us with these big honking exams, (gasps) the tests are those pop quizzes. Those, those 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 little character issues. Are you stretching the truth? Are you being fully honest? Are you seeking forgiveness? Are you reporting all the income? Are you really bringing ten percent to God's house, or a little a little a little pop test, a little pop quiz? And Esau was like, "Man, those beans are so good. I don't care about the birthright." And And the Bible says that he lost the battle with beans. One, two, three, over. Jacob had the birthright. Spirit, the spirit always wins over the flesh. Okay, don't get hung up in, oh my goodness, Jacob was a liar. He was a manipulator. He was a supplanter. Yes. But his main motivation was to do what? To get the blessing of God. To lead the family. To, to be the father of those 12 tribes. And again, I don't know all of the what's and the why's in the house regarding why God did this. But let's now go to the third match. The brawl over blessings. What are blessings? Blessings, people think... Oh, I'm blessed. I'm blessed. To be blessed is to be on the receiving end of the tangible and intangible favor of God. God blesses those who are obedient. So so look at verse 33. But Jacob said, Swear to me about the beans, you know, and about the birthright, about this trade. So he swore an oath, selling his birthright to Jacob. And then I want you to notice this last part of verse 34 before we spur <laughs> the horse to the barn. This is huge. Then Jacob gave Esau some bread and some lentil stew. He ate and drank and got up and left. So Esau, say it with me, despised, say it with me again, despised his birthright. This means literally His back was against the house of God. He despised, flipped God off, as I talked about a couple of weeks ago. I'm doing what I'm going to do. Forget you, God. That's what he did. And he was only left with an empty bowl of beans. He traded his future for an empty bowl of beans. How many people in here have traded a bowl of beans for something, and all you have left is that empty bowl? You thought fame would do it. You've got an empty bowl of beans. You thought the next sexual conquest would do it. You've got an empty bowl of beans. You thought the next $100,000 or maybe million dollars would do it. You've got an empty bowl of beans. What have you traded? What have we traded for an empty bowl of beans? It's not worth it. Don't sacrifice God's purpose and your eternity and the life that God has for you in the spirit for a bowl of beans? A bowl of beans? Sting said it so beautifully when I interviewed him. He'll tell you, bowl of beans. All that money, it's great, but bowl of beans. Popularity, passion, bowl of beans, bowl of beans, bowl of beans. Oh, you'll hit the bowl of beans. It's just a matter of time. The great news is we've won the match, and we can join in on the match that we've won because too many of us think we're wrestling against something, and we think we're losers, and in Christ, we're winners. We're winners. So how do you do this? How do you, how do you, how do you overcome what we're talking about, this classic battle? Flesh versus spirit. A couple of verses. Galatians 5.16 says, So I say, walk in the spirit, Paul says, and you'll not gratify the desires of the flesh. That's the spirit and the flesh. I've got to walk in sync with the Savior. I've got to walk in sync with the Holy Spirit of God because the moment... You give your life to Christ. He places the person of the Holy Spirit inside your life He works from the inside out to produce fruit. Number one, nutrition. This is how I have victory over the flesh. I'm talking to Christians. We all deal with this. Nutrition. What do you mean, nutrition, Ed? Well, Galatians 5 says, but the fruit of the Spirit, nutrition, organic, <laughs> Is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control against such things? There is no law. That's nutrition. Are you feeding on the fruit of the Spirit? Also notice too, intuition. We have these monitors down here. I have someone right here giving me time. I have another monitor right here, another monitor right here. Sometimes I look at the monitors, a lot of times I don't but they don't tell me the whole message. They might give me one word or what's coming up next on these giant screens behind me. It's lonely up here. <laughs> Did you hear me? It's lonely up here. <laughs> one of the biggest fears people have is a fear of public speaking. It's not, it's not always something I want to do. I don't want to go, hey, let me, let me speak publicly. It's something I'm called to do. I'm alone up here, but I'm not really alone because I've got these monitors You're not alone. You're not alone. You're not alone. You have a monitor. Who's the monitor? Who's the the prompter? It's the Holy Spirit. Well, how do I know if the Holy Spirit's talking to me? It's very easy. It's always going to be in line. It's always going to be synced up with Scripture. You know. You might say it's just intuition. Oh yeah, it's, it's spiritual intuition. Don't pursue that. Don't log on to that search engine don't keep going in that conversation turn from that friendship that's toxic and go the other way that that's the holy spirit of god so we see nutrition and intuition then also submission submission wrestling is about one two three bing 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 you're pinned in this context, we all need to be pinned by Jesus. We're at our strength. Oh, somebody, come on and help this man out. We're at our strongest, thank you. We're at our strongest when we're pinned by Jesus. We have nothing to offer. I have nothing to offer. You have nothing to offer. Nothing. Jesus comes in. He lives inside of my life. He lives inside of your life. He wants to live inside of other people's lives who've never given your heart to Him if you'll just let Him.
0: Thank you for listening, and thanks to all who give so generously to this ministry. It's because of you that we can continue this show and equip people with the hope of heaven. You can click the link in the description to support the show or visit edyoung.com.